Hello, I'm Michael D.J. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer blogging at the Tech Savvy Lawyer page and host of the Tech Savvy Lawyer page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned taking advantage of technology in their legal work and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. The podcast will try to stay focused asking each guest three questions and asking the guests to provide their top three best answers for each question asked. There is no right or wrong answer, as each tip may or may not be the right one for you, but it may springboard an idea for you, and along the way, you may learn something new. I now continue my conversation with Judge Dixon in part two of this podcast. What are three critical mistakes you see from attorneys' use of technology in your courtroom? You know, that that list can actually be longer than three, but let me just go ahead and start with the first three that that, that, that seems to, to, to come to mind. And I, I think uh, you, you'll begin to see uh, one mistake when attorneys are using technology for the first time is the use of distracting graphics and needless use of technology. Uh, through the course of the trial. I, I remember uh, an instance uh, in my technology-enhanced courtroom, this attorney's first time uh, using uh, the feature whereby you could mark on the screen uh, and the marks would appear on the picture uh, for showing, for instance, the path that somebody took. Uh, for some reason, this attorney, and it's happened with others, became fascinated with a witness being able to do that Mark an X where this witness stood. Mark an X where this one stood. Draw a line from this place to the next. And and there was no strategy involved in using that technology in the courtroom. Uh, also, graphics uh, that are needlessly distracting, bouncing fonts when you're making a, a, a closing argument, uh, spinning wheels. I mean, every once in a while, it's, it's, it's interesting to see something different. But that should not be the total focus uh, of the presentation. So distracting graphics and needless use of technology is one of the things that that I would mention. Uh, Another one, uh, and this happens probably with more more seasoned attorneys, but but I can see it happening with younger attorneys, uh, ethical issues uh, that show up. Uh, For instance, uh, imagine... Uh, and these are criminal cases that, that come to mind, uh, a criminal case where uh, the prosecutor uh, has photoshopped the gun uh, that's alleged to have been used in the crime into the hand of the defendant who's on trial when there's actually no photograph that actually shows that. That's the allegation. Right. But th- th- there's no photograph that actually shows that. Uh Every time that I've seen something like that happening, uh, the the attorney has been, and he's a prosecutor, severely criticized. Uh, another one. How, how, could, how could they ever get get that through? Just uh, get that in the record. Imagine, if you will, uh, an instance where y- you believe you're working with attorneys of of reasonable competence, and, and so there's no request to see all of the exhibits uh, in advance. Uh, and then somehow in closing argument where it did not show up during the course of the trial, but the picture of the gun showed up, 
and the picture of the defendant showed up, uh, the attorney just decides, decides to Photoshop one into the other to give an example of what the defendant would have looked like at the time that he had uh, he had that gun. Uh, so it's not necessarily being admitted into evidence as it is uh, being shown inappropriately to the jury. Uh, the same thing can happen in a closing, excuse me, an opening statement. Uh, in addition, another thing that I've seen in cases that are, let's say, gory, uh, you know, lots of blood, uh, right. you know, imagine seeing fonts uh, that describe various things with, with the blood dripping <laughs> from, uh, from, you know, from, from, from the fonts. That, that's definitely appealing, uh, you, you know, uh, making a prejudicial uh, presentation to a, to, right. to a jury. There was, there have been times when judges have insisted on seeing everything that was going to occur, but there's a loosening of that, especially when you're talking about, you're just going to have verbiage uh, in a photograph that uh, that goes along with an opening statement or a closing statement. Uh, So would something like this lead to just admonishment? Could it lead to a mistrial or a you know, bar complaint? Uh, all, all three of the above. I mean, because obviously whether you're a prosecutor or um, def- a, a defending lawyer for a civil matter or any matter, if you do something like that, I would imagine that's something you want to stay away from. I, I just can't picture any attorney with their right mind. Well, you know, you may not. So you may fine. not be able to picture it, Michael, but it does happen. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you can. Well, the rules were made for a reason, and it's you know be, because someone's done it already, okay. as they say. Um, well, yeah. yeah now, let, let me see. Uh, one of the one of the other of mistakes that I have seen from uh, lawyers, and that is not being prepared uh, for a technology failure. Uh, for instance, when, when I go to make a presentation, uh, I, I normally have my presentation on two devices. Both of them might be uh, tablets, or one could be a tablet, one could be a laptop computer. But I'm also walking around with a flash drive with everything on it uh, uh-huh. so that I can use other equipment that, that might be available. And in the event of a technology failure, just not knowing what other options you have. Uh, for, for instance, it's good to have some of your paper backup there uh, just in case uh, things go wrong. Uh, you don't have to recreate your entire, you know, your entire case that is bring everything on paper and bring it all digitally, but you have to be prepared to do something and not stand there with your hands in your pockets, uh, you know, looking around for some direction of what you can do. Some judges are more accommodating uh, than, than others because I've always encouraged the use of technology. In most instances, well, as a matter of fact, I can think of in all instances, I have taken breaks. And what has normally occurred after I've taken perhaps multiple breaks the attorney has decided to move on as opposed to me telling them that they have to move on. Uh, they, they, they uh-huh. recognized that, that this was not helping them having to having to take those breaks before uh, and not being able to proceed. But it's being, first of all, anticipating that a technology failure uh, could occur. Uh, I recall uh, I was doing a presentation at ABA Tech Show, and 
you know, we went through the process of making sure the room speakers uh, uh, mm-hmm. were, were working, that the connection uh, to the room speakers was working. And when I started to do my presentation, the sound was not coming out of the speakers. And so <laughs> yeah, I started it over. The sound was still not spotted. And the only thing I could think of is, okay, let me tell everybody what's being said. And so that's what I started doing. And would you believe I, I got a compliment after that presentation? He said, I really learned from watching you deal with that equipment messing up. He said, you know, obviously you knew your material. And, and, and so you had an idea of something that you can do. And, and, and so that's, that's the thing that I would recognize. I would suggest to most attorneys that they need to be aware of. Technology can fail. And whenever I do a technology presentation, uh, one of the things that I normally tell the audience that the fun part of this is going to be to see what goes wrong and how I get around it. Uh, But I didn't intend on it being a learning experience, but it just so happened that I knew my material well enough and I knew that I couldn't start that recording over a third time that I just started talking, telling folks what was going on. Well, following up on this set of questions, um, have you ever seen a an issue with Wi-Fi. I think everyone relies on Wi-Fi wherever they go. They just figure it's going to be there and it's going to work. Has there been an issue with Wi-Fi interrupting a trial or a, present, you know, a presentation during a trial? Believe it or not, I always advise folks that uh, they should pre-record uh, you know, whatever it is uh, they're planning to present right. because you, you can, you just have to be aware that Wi-Fi can fail. Uh, uh, there, there, right. there can also be a server unavailability. That is what, what you're trying to, to, to access. So I think the best bet is to always have it in a pre-recorded fashion. Now, if you have it in a pre-recorded fashion, and you decide I want to try it first with Wi-Fi, I think that's great because you have prepared for the technology failure. Right. But yes, I've seen it fail. Well, what is so? You mentioned having a laptop, a tablet, a jump drive. What are some of the like? What are some of the best backup pieces of technology you can have with you for a possible <laughs> failure? Uh, well, you know, first, just assume that uh, something can happen to every piece of equipment. In other words, uh, something can happen to your projector. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, something can happen to your primary presentation device, uh, and if what you're presenting from is, let's say, a flash drive, uh, or if you're presenting from a CD or a DVD, just be aware that something can go wrong in terms of either a flash drive becoming corrupted or whatever piece of equipment you're, being, you're using not being able to read the, the DVD or, 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 or the CD. I just I'm tend sorry, to go overboard. I normally have at least two of everything. Uh, b- battery backup, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. instance, with the with 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 tablets and with 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 laptops, quite often folks are operating uh, on, uh, you know, on 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 battery. Uh, there could be some problem with electrical outlet availability that is being close enough to where where where, where you need. Uh, you, you just have to have that extra battery. Uh, have that extra everything uh, to be prepared. With my devices, I always carry my iPhone serves as a backup Wi-Fi unit, you know, through cellular data. 
I always have a backup battery and I always have an extension cord. Uh, good choices. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I, you just made me recall that when I was doing, uh, when I've done certain presentations, one of my slides, I can, I can see it now uh, about making a list and checking it twice uh, in terms of having uh, various things that are, that are needed. Oh, you go on with duct tape so you can tape down, tape down uh-huh. uh, your, your, your electrical cords and, and, and quite, a, and, and quite uh-huh. a few other things. Uh, but once I was, uh, it, it, it happens to everyone, uh, I gave jury instructions by PowerPoint. Uh, uh, I actually oh, wow. read the instructions, but while I'm doing it, I'm doing bullet points uh, for uh-huh. the, in a criminal case, for the essential elements of the offense or a, a bullet summary uh, of other matters in both civil and, and criminal cases. And uh-huh. when I access my computer that's in the courtroom on the judge's bench, the, somehow the file had become corrupted. I, I was able to just stop. And I wear uh, a, a judicial pass around my neck on a cord, and there's a little pocket in there in which, in, in which oh, I okay. always keep a flash drive. And the flash drive uh-huh. always includes what I'm currently working on. And so uh, I was able to tell the jury uh, what occurred, and, and, and they saw me pull out my flash drive, uh, push it into the computer, and go on with my presentation from there. I think they appreciated not even having to take a break because it just took a moment for me to be able to access the flash drive and get it set up to, to do those jury instructions. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Tech Savvy Lawyer Page podcast. I hope you enjoy yourself, learn something new, and we'll come back again in about two weeks for another podcast. The final part of my conversation with Judge Dixon will be released in about four Tuesdays. If you have any ideas about the presentation, questions about what we discussed today, or ideas about future episodes, please leave comments in the blog or email me directly at michaeldj at the techsavvylawyer.page. Have a great day and happy lawyering.